you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for LAist's new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We are where we eat. We'll go behind the scenes of LA restaurants. The kickoff event is May 22nd. Tickets at LAist.com events. You've probably all seen the news by now. The World Health Organization has declared that COVID-19 is no longer a global emergency. The head of the WHO even said many countries can now return to life as we knew it. But is there such a thing? There's life as we know it now. That's really different from life as we knew it before. From LAS Studios and the Annenberg School at USC, this is Imperfect Paradise, How COVID Changed Everything. I'm Kelly McEvers. The series is all about how our lives will never really be the same after COVID. It features stories by USC grad students from all over the world. So one thing the pandemic did was just make us think about things in totally different ways. I feel like I changed the way I do so many things, I don't even remember the old way of doing things. A lot of us had to get creative with the way we did ceremonies, like weddings, funerals, any kind of work event, and how we dealt with fear, anger, and stress. And how we even think about what's important, work, family, all that stuff. So in this episode, we're going to talk about rethinking some of these new ways of approaching life. First up, a couple in Shanghai who got really creative when their big wedding had to be canceled. Chinese journalist Yan Wen Lin tells the story with help from her AI assistant, who is also named Lin. The AI assistant starts by telling us all about this couple who got married inside a video game. The chapel is bathed in soft light and adorned with beautiful flowers. The handsome groom is dressed in a black tuxedo with tails, gazing lovingly at his bride. The bride also has a tail, like a real tail, and pink cat ears on her head. She holds a bouquet of fresh flowers. A chocobo-drawn carriage awaits them outside the chapel, ready to whisk them away on their new adventure together. Wait, what is chocobo? In the game Final Fantasy, chocobos are yellow-orange birds with three-toed feet, large wings, and long necks. They are also known as the Bird of Happiness. Interesting. How did you come to know that? I'm your AI assistant, Lin. I have access to a vast amount of information and data. Nice to meet you, Lin. Hey, listen. I'm really excited to know more about this wedding. Can you help me with that? Of course. I'd be happy to help you. Great. So Lynn, the journalist, originally found this couple online. Their names are Ja and Nora, and they met each other online. They dated for four years, and then they planned this big, expensive wedding in Shanghai. But after the lockdown, of course, it was clear that wasn't happening. So they chose this video game. It's called Final Fantasy XIV, which actually offered wedding packages. The couple had to complete tasks within the game to even qualify. And Lynn thought it would be fun to tell a story about this virtual solution 
with the help of a virtual assistant. The assistant talks about how Nora, the bride, actually had to make an 11-page instruction manual for how their friends could get inside the video game and attend the wedding. Despite their best efforts, some guests did encounter problems along the way, such as getting killed by wild monsters. But in the end, everyone managed to arrive safely. And on May 17th, 2020, at 3 p.m., Za and Nora exchanged their vows and declared their love for each other in front of their virtual friends and family, just as they supposed to be in real life. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters from all corners of the world. First of all, let me introduce myself. I'm honored to have been invited by the couple to serve as the MC for this wedding. My name is Jai Mao. On this special day, I'd like to take a moment to speak. In this unique time, I've seen many companies go under and many couples separated for various reasons. But these two never lost their commitment to the sanctity of their union. Love knows no boundaries. And I believe they will overcome any obstacle that comes their way. So, my dear brothers and sisters, let's give the couple a warm round of applause. Guests were sitting in their homes, watching and playing on their consoles. Inside the game, there were virtual pews arranged for guests to sit in, and they were able to use various in-game items such as fireworks and magic balls to enhance the celebratory mood. As the time came for the exchange of rings, the couple attempted to simulate the act of presenting and accepting the rings. However, because the groom in the game was wearing gloves, the ring was unable to be displayed. <laughs> so the couple exchanged rings in real life and took a photo. In the game, the groom and bride characters gazed deeply into each other's eyes, dressed in magnificent attire. While in real life, Za and Nora only wore pajamas to complete this wedding ceremony. This feeling of sharing a personal event with strangers is powerful. We were able to create a special memory that we'll always cherish. Jia chose to use One Love as the opening song for the video, just as they had originally planned to play at their physical wedding. Until COVID took them apart. No way. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. And now we will hear how COVID helped one reporter look back into history. Here's Sarah Shorenstein. It was about 70 degrees in Barbados on that Friday night in January of 2023. My parents had taken my brother and I on our first family vacation since coming out of the pandemic. On every trip we take, we always try to find the Jewish community of that country to support them and to learn more about them. And over those two years of quarantines and lockdowns, I'd come to value community even more. We had to find a synagogue on the island of Barbados, and we did. It's called Nida Israel. 
When we called, they told us immediately to come over for services. Page 16, Psalm 96. Sing a new song to Adonai, 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 Adonai each day, God's awesome light. And when we walked into the little pink building with wide-stretching white windows and a matching door on Friday evening, I found a community in a place I never expected I would. In a little pink building, next to a graveyard, in the middle of Barbados. Psalm 29 on page 20, please join along if you know the tune. As I continued to explore the building, I found a sign saying that it was formed in 1654, 400 years ago. How is it possible that this little island had a synagogue that was 400 years old? Hi, I'm RPB. Today, I'm meeting with Sir Paul Altman, and we're taking a look at the Jewish synagogue right here in the heart of Bridgetown. That's a clip from a Barbados tourism video I found online when I started my search. In it, the host tours the synagogue while a man named Sir Paul Altman explains the history of the community. Welcome to the synagogue, doctor. Sarah learns from that Facebook video, which was posted by Barbados Tourism Marketing, Inc., that Sir Paul Altman's grandfather was one member of a Jewish family who migrated from Spain to Barbados. And he founded the first synagogue on the island. The building survived hurricanes, and after Barbados gained independence in the 1960s, the synagogue survived an attempt to turn it into a Supreme Court. Now, through the pandemic, Nide Israel is thriving. One reason, Sarah says, is Zoom made it possible for people to still attend services. And the other is that early in the pandemic, Barbados started a visa program for people who wanted to come live and work on the island. We've been in Barbados, so it will be two years in March. That's Jillian Melrose Cowan. She and her husband came on the visa program. Before Barbados, they hadn't been extremely observant Jews, but something changed when they got to the island. And it's funny because when we were in Hong Kong and I lived in New York, we don't go to services a lot. And when we first went to services, at um, at Nida Israel, and then that beautiful pink building, and just, you know, it just, we felt instantly so warm, it just felt so warm and so comforting. And as we say, we're a small community, but it's a community community that's small but mighty. New ways of worshiping, new ways of seeing old places. We all do so many things differently now. Chinese reporter Zizi Luo was really curious about how people dealt with anxiety and fear during the pandemic. One answer he found? Cold water. We all have fear and stress in our life. After COVID, more and more people are stressed from their work, relationships, or just life in general. And I was one of them. Oftentimes, when I wake up, I feel like there is a big rock on top of my chest, filled with all the stress and anxiety from my life. I can't breathe well. I feel anxious. So I started trying cold showers. I wanted to learn to stay calm when my body is in a state of stress. But at first, I was really afraid. One winter day, when I was a kid in China, I got lost in the park, and I didn't have my coat. I crouched under a street lamp in the freezing cold wind. It was hours before my mom found me. And so, quite frankly, being exposed to coldness is my biggest fear. Okay, cold shower, 
Never thought I would do this. I reach out for the shower handle like a drowning man grabbing a rope, shutting off the water. My immediate thought, why would anyone do this voluntarily? But then as I got dressed and cranked up the heat, a profound sense of relief spread through my body. This rebound effect lasted several hours and I was fascinated by this feeling. Ziti even went to workshops about cold water. At one of them, he met someone who was struggling too. I'm Nico. I'm from Los Angeles. He told me about how the pandemic made him stressed and he started to do the cold showers. I... I had a very traumatic childhood. The first time I looked at Nico in the eyes, he seemed just like a wounded child. As a kid, like, I didn't know growing up in an unstable environment with your dad one minute being terrible remarks, you know, one minute he says, I love you so much, and then he was just very verbally abusive. My dad, being, you know, a single father, didn't really know how to nurture and take care of me. I remember my dad and I, for like a couple of years, we were sharing kids' menu kids menu fish and chips for like three dollars i'm 32 years old if i'm feeling that way now like there's certain days now where i'm like i don't even know how to live during the pandemic that feeling grew worse and so like me nico started to take cold showers it's basically it's shocking and it's stimulating it it kind of, yeah, it creates a shock value. So the cold showers make me shake externally. And the breath work also kind of triggers that internal stress and allows you to release it. Because even the breath work is like, <gasps> so it actually activates that, that flighter fight or flight or freeze response. So if my nervous system's already shaking, then I'll just take a cold shower and make my body shake even more intensively. And so that has absolutely helped to start my day off on the right foot. My name is Joey House, and we are going to take you, Nico, as well as 20 other people into this ice bath experience. We're going to see that we can stay completely calm and relaxed. Yeah, the uh, the hooing and the hawing also is a way of of warming up before the ice bath. If you try it yourself, if you go and notice what your abdominal muscles are doing. It actually forces you to breathe from the core. And as I come in, fully submerging myself, you're gonna see you can get all the way in. You can get neck deep, and then that it's totally possible to get in here and be totally relaxed. It's 
fucking cold. <laughs> into these freezing cold waters, and you can feel a level of your body in panic, yet at the same time you can control your breathing. You can notice that your body's panicking without fully connecting to that panic, that you can be like, oh, my body is, my heart rate is elevated, my breathing is elevated, but I'm fine. Even doing probably around a thousand plus ice baths at this point, uh, I still never look forward to it. I still am always apprehensive every single time, but then every single time I'm always happy that I did it. And yeah, like there's the, uh, the euphoric sensation always comes. After taking cold showers for almost half a year now, did my fear of chilly water go away? The answer is no, I'm still afraid. But I fell in love with the feeling of being nervous and then overcoming it. Feeling that rush and that reward, I gain better mental willpower to deal with all the fear and stress from my life. Just by taking a cold shower every morning, I think it's safe to say I fell in love with fear. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. And one thing a lot of Gen Zers were thinking about during and after the pandemic was, how will all of this change my plans, my ideas of who I want to be? Italian journalist Vittoria Cecchini talked to her friends to see how they were answering this question. Yeah, uh, I just got my ticket. It's the last plane out, so I really don't know how everyone will go back home. But, yeah. How are you? Is everyone okay? We have a new name for the coronavirus. The World Health Organization has officially called it COVID-19. COVID-19. Coronavirus. New York, California. We have that for the... Do you know when it happened? My name is Nikki. My name is Edward. I'm Sophia. I'm Stella. What was the first thing you can remember once your perspective of your future changed? I am 23. And I am 22 years old. I'm 22 years old. And I'm 22 years old. For each of Victoria's friends, who were based in different parts of the world, it was different. But for all of them, there was a lot of reevaluating. Do I really need that big job right out of college? Is where I want to be more important than what I want to be? Researchers say this was super common among Gen Zers. Here's Victoria again. In a flash, three years have passed since COVID began, and our future is unrecognizable. I was so sure of so many things. And then over those three years, every single one of these things kind of started crumbling a little bit, and it left me completely raw and naked and destroyed. It was brutal. It was just not in my nature to do all those things that I was doing at the pace at which I was doing them at. So I feel like I was just being dishonest with myself. That I've started prioritizing myself and people who I actually care about first. After COVID took so much away from us, I realized it had given something back. The power to understand that we can act to make the life that we truly want a reality. 
whether you realized you wanted to quit your dream job or start a nine to five that you always look down on. That's what I started to really realize. I was like, this is my life. Like, that's when I was like, this is the moment where I was like, this is my life. Imperfect Paradise, How COVID Changed Everything was written and produced by Megan Donis and me. It featured work by Yan Wen Lin, Sarah Shorenstein, Zitzi Lul, and Victoria Cecchini. Story editing by Sandy Tolan. Episode editing by Sophia Polisa Carr. Mixing, sound design, and editing by Rebecca Katz. Engineering by Donald Paz. Imperfect Paradise, How COVID Changed Everything is a production of LAist Studios in collaboration with USC Annenberg Media. If you like the show and want to support LAist Studios, you can donate at LAist.com slash join. Shayna Naomi Krokmal is the vice president of podcasts, and Antonia Sarahito is the executive producer for Alea Studios. Catherine Mailhouse is the director of content development. The website, aleas.com, is designed by Andy Cheatwood and the digital and marketing teams. The marketing team of Alea Studios created the branding. Thanks to the rest of the team, including Jens Campbell, Taylor Kaufman, Sabir Brara, Kristen Hayford, Kristen Muller, Andy Orozco, Michael Cosentino, and Leo G. This podcast is supported by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. LA Studios operates within the homelands of the Gabrielino Tongva people. We recognize the painful history of displacement, settler colonialism, and erasure of the people, their language, and their sovereignty. Visit LAist.com slash land for more information. We encourage you to get curious about the land on which you live and work. Next time on Imperfect Paradise, how COVID changed everything. How do we deal with all the changes that COVID brought? Because as a sickle cell patient, if I get COVID, I have a high risk and a lot of complications that can happen um, in my case. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com slash sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS for a morning of multilingual story times, interactive performances, art making, and lots of kid fun. Bring the whole fam and join us for a super fun Saturday at LAS in Pasadena on June 1st. Tickets at LAS.com events. See you there.